This podcast was proudly produced by NZ Audio Editors. For all your editing services, you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.nzaudioeditors.com. Ryan J. Melson and Greg Mole from One Plan for Retirement would like to welcome you to the NZ Guide to Financial Freedom. In this podcast, we'll break down the psychological tools and financial framework you need to live the life you want to ensure you don't run out of money before you run out of life. All right. So it's just you and me, guys. Mono and mono. So if... uh you're worried just about hearing my voice for the next few minutes just feel free to unsubscribe and move on i wouldn't want to put you through that just kidding though but i love you guys um not the best of jokes this way you shouldn't leave me alone in a room but this one this one is around uh, the flavor of the month cryptocurrency and i we talked about a little bit with bitcoin um but i think i want to draw more similarities and why i think this is similar to something called the the dot-com crisis of 2000 2003 so that's when um, that's when the internet started to turn into um, a thing. People started to have mass adoptions. They started believing in the potential of the internet. So with that, there came a lot of speculative investments where people were trying to decide what's going to be the next big website, what's going to be the company that's going to leverage off the internet to grow big, what's going to be the next Amazon. So what you would have is a large um, number of these different dot-com companies that would go really well for a period of time because it was a new new invention. There wasn't a whole lot of competition. So whoever could get there first and capture the market did really well. And then people would see that and the price started to get inflated um, from the mob mentality. So people started investing, thinking it was a great investment because it was going up. But the reason it was going up was that the other investors were increasing it so it started to create this herd mentality so if you if you compare that to cryptocurrency so you got these doge coins you got bitcoin ethereum i'm losing track of all the other ones uh but there's a huge amount i mean there's i think there's even an elon musk coin because it appears every time he does a tweet about some crypto the crypto price goes nuts even my um flatmate got a 220 2200 return on their money because they invented, invested in some random cryptocurrency that was 0. 0.0002 cents for one, and then that went from 0. 0.0002 cents up to 4.0004.5 cents. You know, so just because it was such a small number, and that people got behind it because of social media, it got traction, uh, and then obviously they started to make this big return. So the challenge you face is okay. Let's say, let's say cryptocurrency is um, going to be the next new thing. Um, a lot of people are talking about Ethereum as the new version of the internet because Ethereum has um, a cryptocurrency within it, but what it actually is is a platform. So it's a means for, let's say, for example, you had non-fungible tokens. So a non-fungible token is um, this ledger that you could own or it could have associated smart contract attached to it. And then through that, it appreciates in value because maybe it's rare or people perceive it as valuable. Um, a good example with that, with that would be like digital art. So you create this this painting 
um, digitally and then you link it to crypto, link it to a blockchain and a ledger so that there's only one of its kind. And then you sell that rights to someone else with a royalty attached to it. So you get, say, 10% every time there's a sale and then that links to the original owner. Where that could become interesting is that, let's say, for example, um, Gary V's got this idea with his non-fungible token is um, where you have platinum, gold, and bronze. So platinum is you create only one token. So only one person can buy this token. The gold, you have 10. And then the bronze, you have 100. So what that turns into is whatever you choose to sell, whether it's digital art, whether it's music, whether it's um, people can come to your events for a lifetime free of charge and sit in the front row, whatever that might be, it makes, allows that, the technology allows for that to be copyright, for that to only the person that has the ledger can own it. And then what happens is if you're using Ethereum as a platform, then what you'll be is you'll be walking around town and you'll Instead of using social media, using Ethereum platform or some other platform that uses blockchain and crypto, and you'd be like, hey, I own the platinum token from such and such. Oh, cool. Well, I've got the, I've got the, um, the bronze thing from um, this other guy, and, and, and then you start seeing this link or the music. So like at the moment, a good example would be like Pokemon cards or, um, or baseball cards. So people grew up with it and it was their sense of identity where they would link the cards themselves to their experiences, their interests, their hobbies. Now the price is going up. So you've got a, a visual representation of who you are as a person that could be carried around in a coin wallet, for example. So you've got this wallet, you show your friends like, oh, wow, you've got the, the platinum platinum token from Gary V. Yeah, yeah, I've also got the platinum thing from such and such. Oh, wow, so cool. Let's share exchange numbers and then you sell it. And then you've also got this trail where you can see who your fans were that had your non-fungible token. And you can backtrack and you say, oh, like, just reconnect with you guys. Like, this is what I've been doing, blah, blah, blah. And you've got this ledger that you can track and you're always making money throughout your life with it. So it's an interesting technology. I don't know if it's going to be the new internet, but there seems to be mass adoption. There seems to be a lot of people that are fascinated by cryptocurrency or are using the blockchain. The idea is it's decentralized where the different nodes are used to authenticate um, authenticate the data or authenticate the transaction. So you've got all these decentralized nodes, which are basically, let's say, computers, that tell you, hey, this what you own is authentic. We confirm this is, this is right. And because it doesn't go to a central place, it's very quick, efficient, you could even use it for a power grid, let's say, instead of everyone trying to draw their power from one place, it's decentralized where you have these little nodes and pockets that act as a means to produce the power, so then it becomes a lot more cost-efficient and a lot more fast. So instead of you having like a mass power outage across a certain area, then you can use these nodes as a means to get around that. So it's interesting in that sense. But the challenge is, is what is going to be the next big cryptocurrency? What's going to be the next big platform? And it's the same thing with the dot-com crisis. What company is going to come out of it and how many people are going to lose money trying to speculate which, which company is going to be the next big thing? So there was about $6.4 trillion lost over a period of three years. Um, and right now everyone's running, running like lemmings off the cliff and like, oh, yeah, we're making all this money, but... Um, that's what you got to be 
mindful of is how how do you do an in-depth security analysis to analyze what is going to be the next big cryptocurrency Um, and will you lose all your money along the way and there's also the huge tax drag so because it's treated like income because you're buying with the intent to sell then you're going to get a big tax bill at the end of the year um, that you might not have expected so tax don't know who's going to be the next winner you can't necessarily go on in-depth security analysis on working out who's going to be that next winner so once again, the boring old managed funds survived the dot-com crisis. The 1987 New Zealand stock market crashes, the bond crisis in 1994, and also the GFC in 2007-9, and then also the finance companies in 2008-9. So once again, owning the market, diversified across the four asset classes, it's going to be boring and it'll continue to be boring, but it'll do what you need, and you're not going to be one of the statistics like people were in the dot-com crisis. So yeah, I hope you learned something there. And uh, once again, if you need a, an audio book, or if you just want to sound like Barry White, or you can you can even edit your voice. You could probably do it quite slick. You could make your voice sound pretty funky. You can make it even turn auto tune on your whole podcast. You can do it all. NZAudioEditors.com. <laughs> you might have to work it out, but yeah, you can do it for you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>